Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. Yeah, g'day. Thanks for strapping on the shin pads with me this Tuesday morning. Rugby League scrums. What's the point? Should they stay? Should they go? Should they be contested? 13, 13, 55, we are live and local on air, online, on your phone, doesn't matter how you listen, the digits are all the same. We'll get stuck into that this morning. Kangaroos and Maroon legend Brent Tate, very shortly we'll get his hot take on that, but also uh, the all the world, all the news in the world of rugby league on this team's Tuesday. Uh, will the real Brisbane Broncos please stand up? Don't worry about the best start to the season in quarter of a century. This weekend is where you'll see the Broncos' premiership credentials put on the line. That's how I see it. Don't you think? Coming off their first loss. For me, the M1 derby, the Titans with momentum, coming off that first loss, it's how you get off the canvas. That's the real measure of character, the real measure of fortitude, the real measure of will, the real measure of a team how they respond, how they bounce back. Can they do it? Well, Broncos fans, are you a little nervous this morning? The last time this side lost, they went into free fall, losing five of their last six. So that was last year. We know what a disaster that was. Or are they a different team this time round? 13-13-55. Look, for me, forget Penrith, forget the Cowboys, forget the Battle of Brisbane. This weekend will be the Broncos' litmus test. Are they the real deal? You might already be convinced that they are. Or are you feeling this could be a danger game? The Titans, down the coast, the M1 derby, 13-13-54. Actually, on this game, the Southeast Civil War, the M1 derby, the local derby, the true or the OG local derby when it comes to the Broncos. Has it lost some of its luster, lost some of its shine, its impact? Look, maybe if you're on the Gold Coast, this is the game that you have circled on your calendar. This might be the game you've been waiting for all season. We, we've been spoiled for Queensland derbies, haven't we, already? Dolphins, Cowboys, Broncos, Cowboys, Titans... Cowboys, Dolphins, it's been a big cross-section already in the first six weeks. Has this one just sort of slipped under the radar for you? Have we lost or has it lost its impact? Where does it sit for you? 13, 13, 55, 0467736736. Just still on that Broncos-Raiders game, their first loss of the year, were you convinced Marty Tapao should have copped a penalty for the Jordan Rapana incident? Corey Parker down to you. Yeah, really unfortunate, obviously, for Jordan Rapinoe, who's had a terrific game for the Canberra Raiders. But uh, I'm sorry, guys, I've got to go against what you're saying. Yes, it's accidental, but unfortunately, the careless act of it is why Jordan Rapinoe is leaving the field. So I think whilst we can all see it was a complete accident, unfortunately, for the Brisbane Broncos and that man on screen, there is a penalty given, and I think it is sufficient. Yeah, Corey, I cannot agree with you. I think it's only you and the ref who, who thought that may have been the case. Well, probably Canberra as well. But look, f- for me, I don't think it should have been a penalty. It was a game changer. 
Couple of minutes to go, a try in it, 10 metres out from the Raiders line. Then Canberra get piggyback 60 metres downfield. Game over. So if it wasn't a penalty and shouldn't have been a penalty, what should have happened? Should it have been play on Broncos? Kurt Capewell picked up the ball and scored. I don't think that should have been the result. What about knock on Canberra? Brisbane get to play the ball 10 metres out. Or should it have been a play the ball to Canberra on their own 10-metre line, just someone else playing the ball? Jordan Rapinas sits to the side, get fixed up, but give it to someone else to play the ball. For me, that's what I think should have happened. And then the Broncos' defence steps up or tries to, and Canberra try to get out of their own 10-metre line. You may have your thoughts on this. You may still be scratching your head as to why. You may have an idea. 13, 13, 55. We'll take all comers this morning. Look, not sure if you caught 60 minutes on Sunday night. Dean likes to describe every athlete as a door and he has to find the key to the door. I'm different to a lot of people where in training, I loved being told I can do better. I love being pushed to the edge and he knows exactly how to tap into that and flick a switch and and get me, you know, agitated or annoyed and want to fight back and prove him wrong. So he'll say, that was rubbish. Yeah, he'll that's say. That's no good. That's no good. That's, that's shit ass. I can't thrive on that. And it's, it's probably bizarre for people it to is. hear, but I swim better when I'm not getting compliments. I swim better when I'm not getting compliments. That was the Terminator, Ariane Titmus on 60 Minutes Sunday night. You might have missed it. It was Easter Sunday, so it was easy to go under the radar, but it was a hell of a story. It was fantastic. And I'm just wondering now how she's feeling after having that world record blitzed on her. This time next week, all swimmers will be converging on the Gold Coast, all Australian swimmers and some best on the planet as well, just quietly, including Arnie with the Australian Swimming Championships. Do you reckon she's got a burr in the Speedos after that? Right now, she's in the pool. In the next hour, though, she'll be on air. You will hear the response from the Terminator. How much does losing a world record spur her on? As I said, it's the world titles this year, Paris Olympics in 15 months. It is time for the Terminator to get serious. We'll find out exactly where she is and in her headspace. Uh, from his lap of honour at the Gabba last Thursday night to the studios here at SENQ this morning, Mitch Robinson, the head of Gather Round. Gather Round. <laughs> gather Round. Oh, I'm still laughing at Gather Round. Gather Round. Oh, I just picture, I picture everyone sitting around the campfire singing Kumbaya. Maybe maybe that's just me, but gather round. This is the AFL's equivalent of magic round. It happens in Rattle Adelaide uh, this weekend. Yeah, I know. Gather round. Could they have come up with a better name? They probably could have, couldn't they? Or are you happy with gather round? It's something I spoke to Heels about yesterday morning during breakfast. He's happy with it. He said it's fine. I just don't think it has the strength, the power. The I mean, Look, it was all born out of, we know, magic round in the NRL. Uh, England did it first in the Super League, and then the NRL picked that up. So a rugby league concept, uh, as far as this country is concerned. Super Rugby have picked it up. They've called it Super Round. They've been doing it in Melbourne last year, this year. <clears throat> but gather round. 
I don't know. It just it just doesn't grab me. It doesn't grab me. Am I wrong on this or are you feeling that same sort of vibe? And if you are, what else could it have been called? Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? Anyone? 13 13 55 0467 736 736. We'll be flying the Queensland flag. We'll be heading uh, down south across the Murray, in fact, to find someone who is flying the Queensland flag for us this week. Oh, and what about this? How have I not mentioned this first? Goodness gracious me. Sports quiz. Queensland's biggest sports quiz is back after 11 o'clock. Dinner and drinks on us at the Sporting Globe. It is a last man standing sports quiz. Get the sports almanac ready because you'll need it after 11 o'clock today. And now, time for Ben's Snap Judgment. 12 minutes past nine, Teams List Tuesday. Look, rugby league scrums. I think they should be contested. Or do you think that they're pointless and have no place in the game? 13-13-55, rugby league scrums. Look, if you think they should be abolished, if you think they're pointless and have no point in the game, look, you're not alone. I'm not at my place anyway. It was a hotly contested debate over the weekend while watching the Cowboys and Dolphins. The, kid are, the kids asked, why, why do we even have scrums in, in rugby league? Twelve blokes just leaning on each other. Because that's effectively what it is, right? Players don't even line up in their positions anymore. You've got hookers standing out in the defensive line or the attacking line. You, you've got halfbacks packing it at lock. You've got fullbacks sometimes in the front row. <clears throat> Excuse me. I was trying to explain the origins of scrums and how they are part of the fabric of the game and they're part of rugby league's DNA, rugby union's DNA as well. I was also trying to explain to the kids the role of the hooker, but that just got me into all sorts of trouble because the deeper I explained, the deeper hole I was digging for myself. Why are they still called hookers then, Dad, if they don't hook the ball anymore? Good point. It's a really good point. Do we have to abolish the term and the position of hooker and just call them dummy halves? Besides the point of playing the position where dummy is the first name of it, I wouldn't like that. Ben Hunt is the perfect example, isn't he? He's the halfback for his club side, yet for Queensland and Australia, he's first picked at hooker. Or dummy half. Harry Grant, is he a hooker or a dummy half? Damien Cook, is he a hooker or a dummy half? Cameron Smith, was he a hooker or was he a dummy half? How far do we go back? Steve Walters, hooker. Not a dummy half. Benny, no, we won't go there. John Lang, hooker or dummy? See, I've gone too far now. When did that transition happen from being a hooker to dummy half? Maybe Steve Walters, Benny Elias was the last real hooking duel where tight heads could be one tight heads. Do you remember those? Winning winning against the feed? Winning a tight head in scrums? I, I didn't go down that path with the kids. No, no. Of course, the role of hooker ha- has evolved. They are more of a playmaker these days. And is that because of the demise of the scrum? Or is that led to the demise of the scrum? Chicken or egg stuff, isn't it? Where does scrum sit in the modern game of rugby league? Is there still a place for them? Do they still serve a purpose? And if so, what is it? 
13-13-55. Look, during COVID in the UK and France, Super League, scrums were banned. And they were until last season. And it was to minimise the risk of cases of COVID being transmitted, but also if you were a casual contact and then you would have to sit out for the game. So they went a couple of seasons without scrums. Did it change much in that part of the world? The NRL didn't adopt that because, well, they said, because scrums are part of the fabric of the game. But they are getting rarer, aren't they? Scrums. I mean, they've changed the rules so scrums aren't as prevalent. They've done that. To keep the game in motion, to keep it free-flowing, the stop-start nature, the having a scrum does slow things down. But for me, scrums are a potent attacking weapon especially since that rule tweak last year where you can choose where you take the scrum. Centre field, that is the go-to. It divides the defence. It allows you to go one-on-one. It allows you to even stack one side over the other. Now he works the scrum. Bit of formation out the right side here. Here they come. Across with Katoa. Hamaso to a circle. Scrum try to the Dolphins. Yeah, that was the opening try of the Dolphins-Cowboys on Good Friday. Jermaine Asada from the scrum. And it is a potent attacking weapon. So I'm okay with scrums still existing. Yes, they've evolved and they do serve their purpose. But how do we take the next step? Because I think the question should be now, should they be contested? An attacking weapon, fantastic. But we know some of the best plays in rugby league are defensive plays. I'm not just talking about big hits, big shots. I mean, they're pretty cool. But the cover tackle, the try savers, the defensive plays. So what about the defending team when it comes to scrums? So tight heads. I think scrums should go back to being contested. Give them some purpose rather than just an attacking weapon. That's where it sits now. That's fine. But surely you're able to contest a scrum. I know there was one a couple of weeks ago where the West Tigers lost a tight head uh, against the Storm. You'd have to go back before that to about 2014 when the Warriors and the Eels played in one and there was a tight head one there. So that's a big gap, isn't there? Maybe there's been others along the way. I, I can't think of any. Can you? Because the refs always, if there's a push in the scrum, they always blow them up. Why? Look, I know it would mean feeding the ball in the tunnel and not behind the second row, but the push and the shove, surely that should be allowed, shouldn't it, in a scrum? 13-13-55. Where do you sit on this? Scrums, are they pointless? Are they irrelevant? Are they part of the game? Should they be abolished? Should they be tweaked? Love to get your take on this this Tuesday morning. Bring back the unpredictability of the scrum. That's what I say. The defending team can all of a sudden end up with the ball and counterattack. Oh, be magic, wouldn't it? You'd love to see that as a rugby league fan, wouldn't you? 13, 13, 55. Or would you bin them all together? Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. At 24 past nine, 22 degrees in the River City, Ariane Titmus, the Terminator, after 10 o'clock today. Brent Tate standing by, uh, but so is Greg. Greg, good morning to you. Rugby League scrums. Yes, mate, how you going? Look, I think they're a, they're a bit of a uh, schmozzle at the moment. I mean, 
they look for ways to, to speed the game up. And for 10, 12 minutes a game, we got 12 players leaning on each other and the rest out in the back line having a rest for, for 10 or 12 minutes. Yeah, so uh, and they brought, the, they brought the shot clock in, didn't they, to, to speed that up? Yeah. But do you think it needs to be... Still, yeah. Well, it's still, it's, still, it's still 10 to 12 minutes a game, even for shot clock on, isn't it? That they, if they have a lot of scrums. Yeah, but exactly. The issue I want to raise is, if if you score a, a a try, if you feed the scrum and score a try off the scrum base, can the opposition captain then review that try and ask for them to look at the feed? Because every feed is is behind <laughs> the second rower to the lock. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent it is. Yeah, I don't think the rules for feeding the scrum have changed. So technically, if the opposition captain reviewed, asked for a review, that try would have to be. Not allowed because the scrum feed was leaked. Yeah, Greg. Hey, Greg, I, I like that. I like that. I, I, I don't remember the rules being changed on feeding the scrum. They've just allowed it to happen. They've just allowed it to continue on. So I guess that goes back to my point of do we need to toughen them up? But also, do we need to bring contested scrums back, which would mean you'd have to feed it properly. Hey, Greg, it's a really good point. What do you reckon? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Could they do a captain's review and pull it up? Well, by the letter of the law, you'd have to think so. All right, let's put it to Brent Tate, our man on the ground in North Queensland, but he's a Kangaroos legend. He's a Maroons legend. He's a Broncos legend. In fact, he's been all over the place too. Warriors, Tatey, good morning to you. Um, just on this rugby league scrums question without notice, are they a waste of time? Oh. Do they still have a relevant point? Or, and here I am asking a winger, uh, do we, do, do, or should they be contested? Um. Oh, I don't think they should be contested, Benny. We've got enough confusion in our game at the moment without throwing in a contested scrum. I reckon that'd throw chaos, mate, into the into the air. So, um, how? Yeah, Why? We keep... they, were, they were doing it since nineteen oh eight. Oh yeah, but then you'd have them feeding in the second row and not feeding properly, and we'd be pulling it up and talking about it and blowing the whistle again. Ah, I think just leave it as is, mate. Sometimes. You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, mate. Just let it go. That's what I say. All right. All right. Um, mate, speaking of ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, uh, is it broke in North Queensland? Do they need fixing at the Cowboys? <laughs> yeah, they definitely need something because their start hasn't been great, has it? So uh, what are they, four and two? Um, and, yeah, it's funny. I said the other night, Benny, it's, you know, the season can get away on you really quickly at the moment. Um you know, we're a third of the way through the season and you only got two wins. So, um, you know, mate, it might be a, a bit of cause con- for concern for the Cowboys. I think there would be, mate. They've got, you know, they've got big injuries, but I think some of their senior guys are um, well below the mark at the moment. And I think that's probably the most concerning thing for Toddy Payton is that, um, you know, some of his big guns just aren't firing at the moment. Well, I know injury suspension has, has rolled through the team and, and they're still, I think, still trying to, you know, they're still suffering the, the loss of Tom Gilbert, who you just don't know how valuable he is until he's not there. But when a, a Nanai comes back, uh, when, when you get a full complement, I mean, I know Scott Drinkwater's only been back for a week. When they start to get some of these big guys back, is that big names back? Will that change, or do you think it's more between the years rather than what's on the ground? Uh, oh, look, that'll definitely help. Um, you know, when you're talking about that sort of quality of player, that, that'll definitely help it. But I think sometimes too it can run a little deeper than that. And when you you know you, you're sitting back and you're waiting for those guys to come back, and they and and when they come back, I think you can fall in your trap that you just expect it to happen. And 
you know, all of a sudden you've got a full complement back and it's still not happening. So um, to me, Benny, I'd suggest it's probably more attitude than anything right now. Um, you know, maybe they, you know, just thought it was going to happen off the back of last year and that brilliant season they had. But, you know, I think last year they only used 23 players for the whole of the season and this year they've used, you know, over 23 already. So, mm. um, but, you know, every team at the moment's got injuries and I, I, I don't, I think we're nearly past, you can't, use the excuse of having injuries in the NRL anymore because it's the NRL and you get injuries. So I think what it's highlighted more than anything this year, Benny, is, you know, your squad of 30 has to be strong from, you know, not just your, your, one, your, your best one to 17, but your 17 through to 30, mate, you, you, you've got to have that part right. And, um, yeah, maybe the Cowboys have just fallen a little bit short in that area. But, look, there's still a long way to go. But, um, you know, I'm sure there's definitely some cause for concern for the coaching staff for sure. You were sidelined for that game in Townsville. It was a sellout. The Cows had everything to play for, but the Dolphins came in undermanned, uh, under strength, underrated. Uh, but I said on the weekend they're under Wayne. He he has got a team. He's got a team that is now sitting in the top four against all odds. Mate, you, 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 and I said this on the weekend. So you, you cannot underestimate what he the effect that he's had on that club. Like. Mate, it was just so great to sit back and watch them the other night. Like, you know, again, you talk about it, you know, the Cowboys maybe having some excuses for injuries, but, um, and then, you know, I hear clubs saying, oh, we haven't had our squad together because of the World Cup, you know, we're a little bit behind the eight ball. But, mate, you look at the Dolphins and they've dispelled all of those theories. So, mm. um, to watch them play, mate, and how simple they play the game, there's such a simplicity about the way they go about their business, but, mate, it's effective. They just do everything really well. Um, and the biggest thing they do is they just defend for each other. And, um, you know, I watched Cody Nicarima come in the other night, you know, playing the halves, um, do the job, get the job done, play really well. And, you know, guys like Tommy Gilbert, um, you know, he was fantastic. The Hammers playing great footy. Yeah. Uh, mate, they're, they're going so good, man. They're, they're actually really great to watch just because of the way they're playing the game. How sustainable is the Wayne Bennett factor, though? I mean, can we be still talking about this in round 16, 17, 18, going, well, it's Wayne Bennett? I mean, surely that can only take you so far, can't it? No, no, I don't think so, mate. I think, um, like I said to you, mate, just because of the, the simplicity in their game and the way they're playing it, it doesn't matter who comes in. As long as you just do your job in your little area, you know, they're going to you know, win more games than not. And, you know, who would have thought we'd be talking about the Dolphins sitting where they're sitting? But not me. You know, they're not playing. No, not, probably nor me. And look, you know, they're not playing a flashy game of footy. They're not relying on one person to, to you know, to get them out of trouble. Or you know, they're just playing a, a really great team game. And I, and I, mate, the old saying, having a you know a champion team or a team of champions. Um, mm. You know, they're, they're just a, a champion team at the moment, and they're, and they're playing so well, mate. It, it, honestly, take my hat off to them because they're they're going great. Yeah, well, they've got the bunnies Thursday night at Suncorp. It's uh, a short turnaround. It'll be another big test for them. Wayne Bennett coming up against. See, we talk about Wayne Bennett coming up against Latrell at his old team, but it's, I mean, <laughs> I know Wayne Bennett doesn't make a tackle. He doesn't kick a ball, but there's a factor in there somewhere else. Let's turn our attention to the local derby, the Titans and Broncos. Tady, should Broncos fans be nervous about this game? They're coming off their first loss, and the last time the Broncos lost, they went into free fall, losing five of six. No, I don't think so, mate. Look, they're, they're going to have more losses throughout the season just because, 
you know, I've never seen the NRL be so hard to win that game of footy at the moment to earn two points. Like, you know, it, it is a real battle every week to, to, to earn two points. So, um, you know, the Bronx were always going to have a loss at some stage. You know, one thing about that Titans um, local derby down the, down the freeway is that, you know, the Bronx do bring out the best in the Gold Coast Titans, I feel. Um, they always get up for it no matter how bad they've been going in the past. And they're going great at the moment, but... Um, so, mate, I'm really looking forward to this one. I think it'll be a cracking game. And, um, yeah, look, I'm sure the Bronx will want to bounce back, mate. But um, I wouldn't be too worried if I was a Broncos fan. Um, I'm, you know, they've got too much quality and they've grown too much, I'd feel, in the 12 months since last year to, to sort of go on a free fall again. One, one of the – I was going to say highlights, but it probably wasn't a highlight at, at all. But one of the most played images we, we saw out of that game was uh, Jordan Rapinar getting collected accidentally. We all know it was an accident by Marty Tapao, um in the head and he had to come off. Do you think the right call was made there, Taddy? Look, from a player's point of view, was that the right call, a penalty against Brisbane for that? Oh, mate, I've heard a few arguments about this on the weekend and oh, it's such a hard one to understand because it, it was an accident. And, you know, I said to someone the other day, look, are we going to penalise every single accident that happens in the game? Because if that's the road they're going to go down, it's going mm. to open up a... A big kernel. And then, but then on the other hand, Benny, you know, someone said, well, you know, he was coming in to do the tackle and, you know, didn't have his arms anywhere near it. But oh, honestly, I, I don't know where I sit with this one, Benny. I think I have to sit down and just see how more of it plays out. Because I, I said to, you know, someone the other day, what happens if someone gets a poke in the eye? Do we just we penalise them because they've got a poke in the eye like he's been injured? So yeah. oh, it, it, it's a real hard one, mate. Look, I didn't think it was a penalty. Um, but in saying that, if he didn't get a knee to the head, he wouldn't have dropped the ball. So... So, the yeah, thing so about rugby league, mate. There's lots, lots of great. Yeah. So, so play the ball, Canberra on their own ten meter line. Just get someone else in to play the ball. I, I reckon that would have been fair, and that would have been a, a, a true and a better indication of the game too, where it was at. There was a try in it. Canberra working their way out of uh, ten meter zone with only a few minutes to go. I, I just think it was a. I reckon it was a game changer. That that call that yeah. that, that changed the momentum of the game. No, absolutely. And to be honest, I would have been happy for someone else. You know, if Jordan had to go off, then someone else, no penalty, just play the ball because, you know, it was an accident. He did. He wouldn't have dropped the ball if he didn't get an either head. So I would have been quite comfortable for them to go, blow time, someone else play the ball, let's get on with it. Tatey. Um, you know, that's what I'd be comfortable with. Yeah, no, that's fair too. I, I, I like that one. 13, 13, 55. Do you agree with Brent Tate? 0467 736 736. Tate, can you hold fire for a sec? I've just looked at the time. We're time to get a news hit. We'll come back and talk some Titans straight after this. 23 away from 10. You can feel the energy as a Titans member this season. Visit titans.com.au. It is time to talk the M1 derby. Brent Tate has been holding on the line. Tate, thank you. All right, Broncos, we've dissected their game. You don't think this is a danger game for them because the Titans, well not because, but the Titans are coming with momentum, they're coming with uh, winning feeling they're coming against uh, their big brother up the M1 uh, this is going to be a hell of a match Yeah it absolutely is and uh, you know, as I said, uh, I think any of these games, Benny, um, the local derby down the M1, it brings out the best in the Titans, despite how they've been going and but they, they've been winning. Um, you know, they've been, they haven't been doing it pretty, and, but they've been getting the job done and they've got plenty of attacking weapons. They're actually great to watch the Titans because, uh, you know, they've, they've got some guys in there that can score from anywhere and, mm. 
you know, go back to injuries. They've got plenty of injuries in key positions, but they're getting the job done, which is a real positive for the Titans. Yeah, well, Mal Meninga told us uh, Kieran Foran is expected to be back this weekend, which means Toby Sexton is probably the man to miss out. But what about Jaden Campbell, Brent? I mean, does he just – does JC just have to play each week somewhere? What he did on the weekend was outstanding. I oh, know, mate. Look, look, you know, to have someone like him and AJ in the team um, – you know, obviously at some stage, you know, you'd have to think one of them would want to, you know, be the fullback um, and, and be there week in and week out. But, mate, again, I just he's one of those guys you, you turn on the TV to watch. He, you know, there's nothing of him, but, man, he can play and he's just got that knack of scoring tries and bobbing up in the right places at the right time. And, mm. um, mate, I just love watching those sort of guys. And I think you're right, mate. I think he's, he's got to be in the 17 each week. Um, how that works and what that looks like, I, I, I don't know. But you, you've just got to have him in the team because when he's around the ball, things happen. And, um, mate, he's an excitement machine to watch. Now, Tady, um, help my memory out here. I'm just trying to think. Were you part of a, a Broncos-Titans? Yeah, you would have been. 2007 with the Titans came into the comp, the M1 derby. What what was what was I that like, that rivalry? Yeah. yeah. I, mate, it, well, it was, pre- it was pretty early, I guess. But there was always... Um, Anytime you're coming up the Bronx when I was at the Cowboys or, yeah. you know, that M1 dub when you're playing them down there, mate, there, there always is that, um, I, I don't know, you do get up for it. Like, um, I think anytime you played Brisbane because of, you know, the club that they were and the club that they are, you, you just knew you had to play well to beat them and every team would get up for them. And, and also, you're playing at Suncorp too, you know, back in the day and that mm. that'd always lift you at those good grounds where, you know, packed out. That always um, gets the best out of you, so... Yeah, mate, I'm actually, I think that's my game of the round. I'm really looking forward to that one. I can't wait to watch it. Well, there we go. It is Brent Tate's game of the round. Where does it sit for you, the M1 derby, the Southeast Civil War? I know the Titans, uh, the Titans, I know the <laughs> Dolphins are in town now. So the Battle of Brisbane is, has really dominated discussion. Have, have we lost Have we lost our way with this local derby? Where, where does it sit for you, Broncos fans and Titans fans? Let's talk this one oh, up. It could be the game geez. of the round. Exactly. Mate. It could be. No, you're right, Ben. And, and as I said, like you know, if you look at past history, the Titans always get up for this. Like they could yeah. be going really ordinary, sitting at the bottom of the ladder, come to the Broncos, and um, you know, it, it's a big game, and they'll they'll turn up and play because there's a couple. Of, you know, David Fafita obviously um, being at the Broncos. There's a lot of storylines, and they get Kieran Foran back and add that experience. Mm. I think, um, mate, it's going to be a ripper. Well, just looking at the ladder. Eight points, you're in the top eight. It dominates the top eight. So it's the Broncos one clear, one win clear on ten points, but the Titans are in sixth on eight. So this is a a huge game as far as ladder position. They they could either drop out of the eight or they could almost go into first spot. I mean, they won't on four and against unless they do a massive job on the Broncos, but that's how the ladder sits now. It, it could be a real it could be a real uh, banana peel game as far as uh, the latter is concerned. Tate, I'm going to let you go because uh, you have been very generous with your time this morning. Thank you, mate, and we'll chat again next week. Brent Tate, Fox Sports, we'll look forward to his comments over the weekend as well. 13 13 55 0467 736 736, the M1 Derby. Where does it rate for you as far as all the Queensland Derbies sit? Has it flown under the radar a bit? We'll get to your texts and see who's flying the Queensland flag for us. Interstate next. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis.
Yeah, five and a half away from news. Flying the Queensland flag today, we head south. We go across the Murray as well into Melbourne. And he is flying the Queensland flag in style or with styles. He's a former Queensland Red. He's a former Wallaby. Uh, he played for South. He played for Uni. Uh, I think he went to school at Gregory Terrace. So there we go. He is well qualified to be flying the Queensland flag. He is now the general manager of the Melbourne Rebels Rugby Union side. Nick Styles. happy Tuesday to you, mate. Thank you for flying the Queensland well, flag. <laughs> right, my pleasure. Love, love flying the uh, Queensland flag, Betty. Uh, very proud of my roots, but uh, really enjoying my, my time at all. All right. Well, how do you fly the Queensland flag in Melbourne? Tell me some of the Queenslandisms or Queensland ways that have infiltrated it either into Rebels Heartland or even just into normal day-to-day life for you in Melbourne. Oh, listen, you know, probably looking at how we're, we're building the team at the Melbourne Rebels. You know, the Rebels have been around for, uh, I think it's the 13th year in Super Rugby and we haven't had the success that they wanted, but the uh, club made a real strategic decision about, you know, we've got to go and build, we've got to grow, we've got to provide opportunity for our local players. And, uh, and that's very similar to, you know, what we've got to do up here in Queensland as well. All right. Well, do you, you have a Queenslander leading the way, Brad Wilkin. He, he's a he's a former Iona boy, isn't he? Is he is he a Queenslander? Would you would you call him that? Oh, listen, he definitely uh, is a former Iona boy. I actually coached him uh, back in my days when I was uh, coaching the Reds. So he's uh, he's an exceptional person. Really good job as a leader this year and playing consistent football and probably most importantly for him, uh, injury-free football, which has got him into the Wallabies, which has been great. And he's, uh, his family is still up here in Brisbane, so he's definitely uh, flying the Queensland flag down south. Yeah, outstanding stuff. All right, do, do you do you put a do you do you sort of um, build on that underdog mentality that that what we do as Queenslanders is that a sort of a a mantra down with the Rebels? Yeah, listen, we've got our chairman Paul Doherty. He's uh, he's a very successful businessman, um, and he's done it the hard way. He's fought the whole way for everything he's gotten, and you know, he's really set a good example for us. And it's that uh, it is that same Queenslander mentality around the fighting and being the underdog, and that's what we are down there in, in Melbourne. And uh, you know, we're standing up for ourselves and and using a bit of that Queensland ethos, I suppose. Yeah, beautiful. All right. Now, tell me, Eddie Jones back in town. We, we know the Wallabies. He's trying to rebuild, resurge, heading into a World Cup. It's something that, you know, you've experienced uh, along the way, being a Wallaby. And, and, and Eddie, has he, has he reached out, Stolze, to, to talk to the franchises, to the provinces, to say, right, this is what I'm looking for? Yeah, Eddie has been absolutely fantastic. Um, I think, you know, making changes is always a difficult thing, but what the Rugby Australia have done by bringing Eddie in has been fantastic. He's been absolutely everywhere. He's been down to Melbourne multiple times. Um, he's been engaged in the community side of rugby down there. He's presented to the players around around what he wants in a Wallaby uh, for the World Cup campaign this year, and, and um, he's really leading the way. So, um, you know, I think it's an exciting time. Well, any World Cup year, but especially having um, Eddie, who's probably a bit of a master of World Cups, um, back in the fold, he's going to have the Wallabies uh, humming come the end of the year. That's it. All right, I'm, I'm looking at the Rebels sitting ninth on the on the ladder at the moment. You've, you've just come off a fairly hefty loss to the Blues, but, I mean, most Australian sides are getting touched up by 
Kiwis. What, what do we do to change that? And how close is how close? I mean, we, Reds, Rebels, Waratahs. Outside of the Brumbies, we need to sort of lift our bootstraps up a bit, don't we, Nick? No, hundred percent. And that's what Eddie wants to see: is teams beating beating the All Blacks. Um, Listen, we were uh, we, we got to half time with the seventeen thirteen lead uh, on the weekend, and unfortunately we we lost both hookers in the game, and mm. and that really lost all momentum for us. But no, we've got to close that gap, and we've got to beat Kiwis, and that will uh, help players get picked for the Wallabies because that's what uh, Eddie's looking for. All right, mate. We uh, appreciate you flying the Queensland flag, uh, not only in Melbourne but all over the country as well. Nick Styles, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, mate. So we'll keep an eye on how the Rebels are flying with the Queenslander at the helm, off-field and on it as well. Uh, it's 10 o'clock. Ariane Titmus, the Terminator, up next. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. Yeah, good morning to you. Four minutes past 10 this Tuesday morning. After 11, your chance to get a $50 voucher to the Sporting Globe. It is Queensland's biggest sports quiz. That's right, we're bringing you back for 2023. Cannot wait for this. Uh, Mitch Robinson coming up in the next hour. Uh, and your thoughts on not only AFL and Gather Round, but rugby league scrums. Should they stay or should they go? Or should they be tweaked? 13, 13, 55. But let's get straight into it. Look, by this time next week, the country's best swimmers will be on the Gold Coast, racing each other and racing the clock. The National Swim Titles. It's a precursor, but not qualification to July's World Championships in Fukuoka. There are so many headline acts, so many subplots, so many characters. The majority of them, Queenslanders. Many are the best on the planet. But there is one that everyone will be keeping an eye on to see how she responds to this. Here she comes, five metres to go. Let's see her put her head down to the finish. McIntosh, a new world record. Another world record. Summer McIntosh, 425.87. Her second world record of the weekend. What an incredible and dominant performance. Yeah, the 400-metre world record in freestyle for women that went crashing down two weeks ago. I hope it fires up Ariane Titmus. Let's find out. The Terminator is on the line. Welcome to SENQ. Good morning to you, Arnie. Hi, Benny. Thanks for having me. No, and, and look, I've got to apologise straight up. Um, thank you for sitting through that because I'm, I'm, I'm sure that would be <laughs> torture to you. Can I ask how many times you've either watched it or, or heard it? I actually haven't watched it. Um, I've certainly looked at the splits of the race and how she raced the race, but I don't think I will ever watch um, <laughs> my world record get broken. That's that's a fascinating insight right there to your mindset, to your mentality. Is that something you've consciously decided to do? Is it something you've spoken with Dean Boxall about, or is that just who you are? Um, I feel like I'm someone who tends to not really worry about other people. I really try to focus on myself. And uh, I think if you get too caught up in what everyone else is doing, you forget about what you have to do yourself. And 
I just have to be the best version of myself in and out of the water. And um, if I do that, then I'll be happy. So certainly it's a, it's hard to see a world record get broken, but I think that they're there to be broken. And if anything, it's probably a good thing leading into this year at Worlds and next year at the Olympics to um, give myself a little bit of extra motivation. I reckon it'd be like having sand in the speedos, a burr in the saddle, if you know what I mean. I reckon this would be just be, be I'm right, aren't I? Like this would just be that little uh, dig for you to go, right, here we go. I've got another thing to aim for. Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, it's, I've always kind of felt like leading into the Tokyo Olympics, I was hunting and mm. then post the mm. Olympics, I definitely felt like the pressure was on me. Um, but now I feel like it's kind of flipped a little bit and it's a bit of a, um, I don't know, a three-peat between Katie Summer and I, and I feel like the pressure's off a little bit. I've just got to, for this year, go out there and race the best I can. I've put some good work in the past couple of months and I don't really know where I'm at in terms of racing, but I'm excited to see. All right. Well, okay. you've just preempted my next question then. Where, 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 where are you at? What, what type of... I don't know. Do you, do you look at times now at, at, at training? Do you, do you feel good? Do you feel good coming into these national titles? Is that is is what's what's your gut feeling? Um, honestly, going into this meet, I am not sure what to expect. I really want to put out some good performances. I've done some good work the past month. Um, I have been. I've had a bit of sickness, which has been a bit frustrating, but. Um, that's no excuse. Everyone goes through that. So I just want to see what I can do, really. I think racing well is a good confidence boost leading into trials and then hopefully worlds. So um, I'm just excited to see what I can put together and, and see how the, the body holds up in a bit of a higher pressure situation. So I'm really just excited to get out there and see what I can do. Yeah, we'll be excited to get out there and see you do that too. It's it's a weird eight weeks coming up, isn't it? Because you've got the Nationals, so ne- next week on the Gold Coast, but then the World Trials in June. So this isn't a qualification for Japan in July. There's another meet before that. What what's? Can I ask what's the, the thinking behind that, why Swimming Australia's decided that? Is that to mirror something for, for Olympics next year or...? Um, so a few years ago, they changed their selection process from, I think, three months out from the major international meet to about six weeks. And yeah. certainly it has worked in terms of converting times from trials to the major competition. Um, we performed brilliantly at the Olympics and the um, in, at the 2019 World Championships. So I think that's what they've done. But instead of just scrapping the Australian titles altogether, I think they've kept that a few weeks earlier to give us another race opportunity, um, which is good. I think it's good that we have more chances to race and practice our races. Um, I feel like before, potentially, we didn't race enough. So I think it's good that we have this opportunity next week to put out some good times and practice potentially what we want to do at trials. Um, But I enjoy having the trials six weeks out from Worlds. I think that if you have a good run in and you swim well at trials, it gives you some good confidence to be able to hang on to that momentum um, leading into Worlds. Ariane Titmus, my guest this morning, the Terminator, uh, the world, sorry, the Australian titles coming up on the Gold Coast next week. This time next week, should be deep into it. Arnie, life has changed so much for you since, since Tokyo. God, that's almost two years ago now that I think about it. Wow. What, what's the coolest thing? that has happened between now and then? What's the moment that you've pinched yourself 
the most about? Um, well, there's certainly been lots of moments. Yeah. Um, I think initially becoming an Olympic champion was just like, the, you know, my biggest dream ever um, since I was a little girl. So to finally do that was an unreal feeling. But I probably think that my involvement with the Melbourne Cup Carnival and being Melbourne Cup Day Ambassador um, for 2022 and 2021 was almost a pinch yourself moment. I think last year when I got to um, present the Cup um, before the big race was probably my biggest pinch yourself moment, doing that in front of everyone at Flemington um, at such an important race for our country. And I felt so proud to be a part of that day and um, represent the VRC. And I've certainly enjoyed my role with them. I reckon you'd probably have to be one of the most watched people on television. Your, your race against Ledecky in Tokyo and then Melbourne Cup Day, it doesn't get... You don't get too many more eyeballs on TV than, than that. You've got one up on your old man. I know. I have to I have to give him a bit of crap sometimes about that. <laughs> hey, listen, um, on the Gold Coast next week, I, I know you're focused on yourself, but who else are you keen to, to see? I mean, you've got so many friends in the Australian swim squad. You, you've got such a strong squad at St. Peter's Western. Who else are you excited to, to see next week? Well, first and foremost, I mean, the swimmers that I train with every day, I'm excited to see how we all go. Um, I'm in the water with Elijah Whittington every day doing the same sessions as him. So I'm excited to see how he goes in the men's 400 as well. Um, But there's a lot of swimmers around the country that I don't see training and it's interesting to see what they do. But we just have such an unreal crop of swimmers at the moment um, that I think that it's going to be super exciting. I mean, Kaylee McEwen broke a world record a month ago in Sydney. So it'll be interesting to see what form she's in. But I'm just excited to see people race fast. You always want to see your teammates swimming well because you want to go overseas feeling confident as a team. And um, it's just going to be good to catch up with everyone and hopefully see some fast swimming. Uh, The four, the two, well, the two, the four and the eight. You're listed down for all three. You're, You're swimming all three? Yeah, all three of them. Um, 800 first and... I think the 200's last. 800 first. Let's get the tough one out the road <laughs> straight away, hey? Let's get the... <laughs> or actually, wait, dude, tell me that. Is 800... Is, is that is that a tougher race than the than the 400? They're all very different. Yeah. I mean, I used to go into the 200 thinking it was the easiest because it was the shortest. Yeah. But potentially, I think more can go wrong in the 200 um, than the longer races. It, it's, it's a very different feeling all three races um i think all of them are my race plans uh, mean that i've got to put myself on the line and go out there and be prepared to hurt but um that's the only way to get the best out of yourself but um i'm excited to see what i can do i mean my 800 i still feel like i've got a lot of areas to improve um more so than the other two races i think that i haven't really nailed the 800 before whereas I certainly feel um, the 400 and the 200, I'm just trying to tweak the tiniest things to get better. But I think that I probably have some more movement and some more areas that I can improve on in the 800. So I'm excited to see what I can do. But the 400 is certainly my favourite. And I'm just keen to get out there and try and execute um, a race plan that I can be proud of and hopefully um, send out a good time. 
Yeah, outstanding stuff. We can't wait to see you back in the water. Thank you for taking time out. I know it's a very hectic schedule for you. It is great to catch up and talk again. Thanks, Ben. There we go. Ariane Titmus. That just says and speaks volumes to me. Uh, be prepared to feel the hurt. Right there. Hey, and what she said earlier about now being the hunter again. I think we're going to see the best of her come out. Whether we see a world record, probably not on the Gold Coast from what she's saying, but world titles coming up in July, working backwards from that. We've got the world trials for the Australian team in June and the Aussies this week or in seven days' time on the Gold Coast. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Just thinking of Arnie and, and Katie Ledecky. That that moment at the Olympic Games, is that our new where were you moment? I know it's nearly knocking on two years ago. Most of the country was in lockdown. We weren't in Queensland at that stage. But is that one of those where were you moments? I mean, we all remember where we were watching Kathy Freeman in 2000. There's probably been others since then. But I think this was the race that stopped the nation. Wasn't it? Where were you? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Quarter past 10, Tuesday morning. Go Lions, hashtag 2023 Grand Finals. Yeah, 29 away from 11. Time for the Davo and Robbo show. Oh! <laughs> it's. I know you keep bringing it up, but it's got a pretty good ring to it. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, see, I thought you were going to pull me up and say it's the Robbo and Davo show. You've got to be no, first. No, no we've got to figure out what's who's the bigger name. Like, does it when you do these podcasts and chats and stuff, is it the biggest name first or second? Well, let's just say only one of us got a lap of honour at the Gabba on Easter <laughs> Thursday. Yeah, well, uh, that happens to the best of us. I'm sure you'll get a radio lap of honour one day. <laughs> Please. Well, what was that like? Let's talk us through that. For those the 33-odd thousand at the Gabba and then watching at home, we didn't see the full lap of honour, but we, we caught glimpses of it. What what was it like in the in the sunroof and, and just doing that in front of the fans? Well, I don't want to be throwing plugs out there, but you can catch the full lap of honour on my YouTube. It is Rob Vlogs. Uh, it was amazing. No, it was really, really good, honestly. Like, it's been... A couple months in the making now, um, the Lions hit me up earlier in the year and, and mentioned they want to do it. Um, and they usually do that for the first home game, but they said, uh, that's versus Melbourne, won't be a sellout, let's do Collingwood. And I said, thank you. And it was an amazing, amazing experience. Got to do it with a family that, I, that I've obviously played um, a massive part in my life. So to do that with them um, was very special. A little bit pat, pat on the back to Emma as well, which is um, what I was going for. And a big shout out to Swanee um, and Taylor Ozer that uh, put that together. It was um, a lot of emotions, but yeah, it uh, was was a, was a great night because we got the fat W as well. well. Yeah, Brisbane did get the fat W. Before we get on to that, the emotions and the, the feelings for an elite athlete, when you do something great in front of a home crowd and the, the roar and you're in the middle of a contest, but this, I, I, I would assume, is very different. You, you're doing a lap. All the focus is just on you and not teammates. Was it a, a similar, was it a different experience having 33,000 just all? I know some of them are Collingwood fans, but surely. <laughs> I mean, what was, was it a different feeling to, to, to roars at the Gabby you've experienced before? Oh, 100%. It's, it's polar opposites because 
it's the last hurrah type um, scenario, and and you know that you won't be playing on that ground again in front of the fans. So that's why it will hold like a special part in my my heart for a long, long time. Um, not many players get it, and to be able to receive that, and and to be honest, the Collingwood supporters that were there, I was expecting boos and a bit of bit of banter over the fence and stuff, but you know a lot of them were standing up and clapping, and which which made it even more humbling. So. No, it was completely different to you know kicking a good goal or doing a tackle or something like that. It was um, it was very very special and something that I'll always remember. All right. Well, speaking of kicking goals and doing good tackles, Brisbane, the Lions were doing all those and more against Collingwood, an unbeaten team, team that many had thought were the ones to beat for the flag, and Brisbane just did that. Not only they bounced back, but it's the way they did it, Robbo, in your face. That defence was there, and it just allowed their attack to explode. It was, and they've been publicly smashed in the media for the, you know, pretty much for the whole start of the season, but especially during last week, you know, the Danaher, the forward line situation, would it work, would it not work, should we drop players, and we spoke about it too, but they they copped a fair bit, and when you're in Brisbane and you, and you notice the media, that's when it's pretty bad, because usually we don't see the, the Melbourneian side of the, the fence, but this was a, a very, very big win in Collingwood, who... Looked to go undefeated all year the way that everyone was carrying on. But, um, no, it was awesome to see the Lions come back and, and, and do what, they, what they're expected to do. Um, that's the standard now they've set for themselves. And they've just got to start getting wins away because uh, we all know that we, you know, the Brisbane Lions can play the Gabba ex- extremely well. But can we do that for four quarters and a, on a away turf? So, big week coming up this week. But, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was, a, it was a massive win. Um, Easter Thursday night game. Everyone was watching it, and mm. it was good to see a few players stand up and you know put a middle middle finger up to the media. Well, all right. Speaking of putting a middle finger up to the media, you just opened that door. I, I want to ask you because I'm looking at a tweet that you put out a couple of days ago um, about. <laughs> and look, this is to me. I, I'm I'm not not a big fan of, of of talking about you know media v players and who's doing what and not. I mean, I, I've yeah. always said there's a responsibility for players to promote their sport. Yeah. But th- this, to me, is different. And we're talking Joe Danaher because this is, can sometimes be a bit of navel-gazing as far as media is concerned. But you have said, this is on Twitter, hearing Joe refuse to chat to the media post-game is awesome. Getting absolute bashed all week and expect him just to be like, yeah, great response by the boys. He isn't a fan of the media to begin with, but love to see others follow. All right, so just on that, this is not the first time Joe has refused to do post-match Interviews is can, is there something a lingering? Uh, I don't know. Is there something that he doesn't like doing that? Is there something that's happened that's burnt him in the past? No, knowing Joe, he's um you know he went through all those injuries and stuff, and and everyone was writing him off for a long, long time. And knowing him personally, he's not a fan of the media, regardless. Like he's you know, pretty um, extroverted, and he likes to keep to himself. Like to be honest, we don't see him too much around the club other than at training. He likes to hang out with his partner and his newborn, but he's always been like that. But I was talking more so in a broader sense, you know, cut the head off the bloke um, and just put anyone in that position. I just, yeah. the, they, there's, I understand journalists. They have to sell articles, you know, clickbait stuff. Like if there's a focus that week, then everyone jumps on board. Like it was pretty big for him personally, but that happens to a lot of players and there's a level of respect and what you, what you, what what you can say about players and is it, is it warranted is it, it along those lines and I just feel like for Joe that week was a bit too full on like he kicked four goals the week before that and then yes he missed four goals against um, whoever it was last week um, 
um, Bulldogs. The Bulldogs, yeah. Yeah, the Bulldogs. And, like, I haven't seen that type of barrage in a long, long time. So I was saying, players don't forget. Yes, we're in Brisbane. We don't see too much of the media. But mm. everyone does get told what's going on in the media for, through, you know, chatter on the four walls or their mates or their family sending them links on text messages. And, and people know which journalists go after certain players and... And I just liked it. I was like, you know what? He's had a big week and everyone was trying to get a you know, response from him in the media and he said, no, nah, I don't want to do it. And that's what I liked about it. Um, should all players be like that? Yes and no. Like it was... And, on, and I'll say on the flip side, like they probably got a response out of him to be honest as well. But it's not like he's, not, he's going out there and not trying to play well every week. It's just... I thought it was a bit too much. Uh, I get it if it was an isolated incident, a one-off. Exactly. Yeah. But... but- as in, you know, I've had, yes, you've come at me all week and now you expect me to talk. So, no, you can, that's giving the big middle finger to them. But there's, there's, yeah. this isn't. This is something that has been, is ongoing. And, and again, I don't know if fans, fans may be oblivious to it. They may not care. Uh, it may be just a media navel gazing. So we can, we can test the temperature with this and, 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 and dip our toe in the water. 13, 13, 55. Is there an issue with Joe Danaher not talking post matches? Uh, I know last year when he kicked that winning goal against Richmond to, um, to, to win that final, which was your last home game at the Gabba. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was, that, that was again, where he was the talking point and, and refused to, to speak. But I can understand after the week he's had, although you know what, Robbo, isn't there part of you that just wants to go, like, just shove it up them? <laughs> just oh, go, yeah. Well, you, you know, know me. That's, that's you know it. me. If, if that was me, I'd be coming out <laughs> doing absolutely every media outlet possible and just like and putting it to the people that were talking crap. So yeah. a lot of people are different, but I'm, I'm just saying, like, I did not mind it. And if everyone's going to keep having a crack at players, and I know it's their, their job because if they're not playing well, then yeah, they can talk about them. But I just sort of went over the top last week. And, and for, for a player... That's like mentally draining and that can play a part on your mental health, that kind of stuff. Mm. I just thought it was too much. But yeah, some players deserve to get a bake. You know, the stars of the game, they're on big pay packets and whatnot and they're talking points for a reason. So there's obviously um, two sides of the coin for, for what happened. But as a, as a, play, a past player and, and someone who's delving into a bit of media stuff, I couldn't, I couldn't stomach having to crack at someone like that and going to those nth degrees. It just doesn't sit well with me. Yeah, Mitch Robinson, our guest every Tuesday here on SENQ. Now, Robbo, let's talk about the good stuff he did do on the field. Uh, he responded and responded in a big way. 20 touches. And, and, and to me, the decision by Chris Fagan to only play one Ruckman, I mean, that that it, it's almost a no-brainer when Collingwood didn't have a recognised Ruckman. So why would you mm. go in with, this, with a really tall team and you know Collingwood's going to run, so you need to counteract that but what it did for me it got Joe Danaher into the game he, he was the backup ruckman and he got these t- he got involved and and he yeah. plays so well when he's involved rather than just waiting for something to come down to him in the forward line yeah we've got a we've got a pretty tall forward line and as you said Darcy Fort um, played VFL and he absolutely dominated the VFL on the weekend as well against um, Collingwood Reserves um, as, as you're saying we know what kind of a freak athlete Joe Danaher is he can get up the ground he's got Moves galore in his kit bag. He can do a lot of things. But um, I, I liked him getting up the ground and being able to get back because the tall defenders can't match his athleticism that he's yeah. got. And he can kick the ball very well, especially from outside 50. That's his, that's his sweet spot when he's going for goals. So he kicked two snags as well, which is a great response. But, yeah, obviously Collingwood didn't have a, a, uh, have a stay-at-home ruckman. So um, 
it wasn't even like getting beaten around the ball as much. Like they still, you know, racked up the possessions and stuff like that. But I think just Brisbane had a lot of confidence going in that Oscar McInerney would get the job done. Um, he had forty three hitouts, which is crazy. <laughs> and I think I think the next best was yeah McStay with fifteen. So he gave our players some great service. Um, big O, and um, he would have relished that role. He played a very good game. All right. So, so what happens this week against North? Then does do you, do you just go the one Ruckman a- again, or Darcy Ford, who, as you mentioned, playing the house down in the VFL, and even Chris Fagan in the mid geez, was hard to drop him, but we just couldn't take two two big men into the centre when there wasn't a recognised Ruckman. What, what do you do this weekend against North Melbourne? Yeah, I'll go with the one ruck again. Uh, the only time I really like two rucks is when um, you have probably one of the A-grade like matchups. So if you play against a Melbourne, they've got two dominant ruckmen in Grundy and Gorn. So that's the only time I'd probably take two ruckmen in. But Toddy Goldstein for North Melbourne, he's getting on an age, but he still had 32 hitouts last week. Um, and North might have lost a game, but they were really competitive for a lot of it. And I think Big O going one out with, with Toddy Goldstein. I don't know who they're their backman Ruckman is, so I think he does a lot of it by himself. I think Big O can match him, so I'm taking one Ruck and leaving an unchanged side, to be honest. All right, uh, Rob, I want to play you a little bit of Chris Fagan from his post-match media conference on Cam Rayner, who had a night out. Uh, well, I, I think it's been actually been worth doing because I know we can put him back there. He's actually been pretty good down back, but I just felt like we needed his energy tonight in the forward line. He just brings a lot of that. It was probably a, four goals. was a pretty good result, but... Um, yeah, he just adds another element to our forward line, and we can we know we can also throw him. All right, so that was Cam Rayner moving him from the defensive line into the forward line, and he was such a natural fit there. To, to me, that silences any critics that Chris Fagan has on his coaching style and technique and can't react. He saw that that was what was needed. Cam Rayner, yes, he's put him down back to start the season, but not afraid to switch things up and, and go righto. We need this in the for, need him in the forward line. Well, Davo, you know that I was saying in the preseason that I did not like him back down there. And, and Kane Corns came out and said, oh, he shouldn't step foot in the D50 again. And it feels like, oh, there's a guy called Mitch Robinson saying this from the start of the year. But no one, no one cared. I didn't get any uh, quotation marks on any posts or anything. But as soon as he goes forward and kicks forward, then everyone's up and about. But no, he played an awesome game. Um, he really set the standard from the first quarter onwards, kicking two goals. And I was texting him leading up to the game, asking where he's playing to get inside word and that. Um, didn't give me too much because he only finds out usually in the in the Thursday tra- in the Thursday meetings or the Oppo um, preview. So I know that he's a genuinely inside bull, and I'd love to see him getting in there because you see Will Ashcroft and all the hype around him, number one draft pick or what two or whatever he was coming in um, and starting straight on ball and doing that stuff. Cam Rayner's built that base now, and he's uh, hopefully he's gained the respect that he can be an on baller slash half forward. He can really change the game and. I don't know, people have really forgotten about um, what he can do. He, he's an absolute genuine star. And all the early quote, like questions on him were his fitness, he's too big to, uh, in the system, he had to shed some kilos and build that, um, that base of fitness up. And I believe he's done that. Um, and I just really hope to see him getting some more on-ball time. And, and obviously, he's not going to kick four every week, um, but he can really provide a contest and, and be a game-changer in the forward and mid-roll. All right, Robert, we've ticked that box. Cam Rayner stays forward as far as you're concerned. Only one Ruckman, which means Joe Danaher can get more involved. The only other thing I need to tick off with you is your thoughts on Gather Round. As a name for what's happening, are you a, are you a fan of it? The name or yeah, the, 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 the The name. <laughs> I, I think the concept is brilliant. I think the yeah. concept – Gather Round, I, I, just, I just picture a campfire and we're all singing Kumbaya. 
<laughs> Maybe it should be called the rally round because everyone's rallying together for a big weekend. But no, I don't mind. I don't really know the name. What's behind it? Obviously, it's it's there for a reason because everyone's yeah. gathering around Adelaide and playing games there, which I think is really cool. Hopefully, like a, I don't know. Is it a, just an SA thing every year, or is it no. going to be highest bidder? Highest bidder. So look, I, I think it's I think it's the first two years that South Australia have got it. I stand to be corrected if that's not right, but I do know that they've thrown money at the AFL and they want it to to keep it there as long as possible. But it will come down to the highest bid. It could be in WA in a couple of years. It could be, it, it could be in Tassie. Could be in Queensland. It's whoever comes up with it. The... I don't think I don't think we have enough money for throwing that at uh, the AFL in Tasmania. <laughs> but no, I honestly love the round. I, I think it's obviously on the back of the NRL doing their magic um, round. Yeah, magic round. Yeah. yeah. So I know that um, we obviously get a lot more fans to our games. Well, I don't know the stats or anything, but it feels like yeah. the AFL you in, do. A, in a hole. Yeah, he yeah. kills it in that regard. So I don't mind it. SA is a massive home for football, and and it's it's always going to be. Looking to do new things, and I really, I really like it. Um, I'd love it to be in Brisbane. We saw a hell of a lot of footy during the COVID time, so I don't know yeah. if we were bidding for that soon. But I reckon it's a great concept, and if we got to copy a few other codes and do some different things, I don't mind it. Like we've got yeah. to grow with other other sports, so I think that it's going to be a great round. I actually really want to get there and go watch a couple of games, but um, well, that's only playing. because the Lions are playing in a winery. They're playing in the yeah. Barossa, so that's how I'd be understand getting what... absolutely drunk if I was going to go to one of those games. <laughs> I'll just go to four games straight and just see what happens, just vlog it all, and then wake up on the next day and be like, oh, that was cool. But Perfect. no, I, I, it's a great concept. Perfect. Great concept. We've got to come up with a better name, though. Robo, we'll chat to you next week. Good luck, good hunting. Mitch Robinson, as always, joining us on a Tuesday. Gather round. Happy with it? Oh, I know. I'm not being a doomsayer. I'm not being a, a narc. I just, I don't know. There's got to be even more oomph in the name, doesn't there? 13, 13, uh, Four minutes past 11. Thanks for your company. Queensland's biggest sports quiz right now. 13, 13, 55. That's the number you need. The question you need to be able to answer is, who's the current Queensland cricket captain? That's right. If you know your Queensland sport, jump in right now. We have a voucher to give away to the Sporting Globe. That's right. Dinner drinks on us. How it works, it's a last man standing quiz. So I've got 10 questions here. And the person who answers the 10th question correctly will be the winner. You might get the first five right and then bomb out. And then the next person steps up and the person after that, the person after that. 13, 13, 55. I was about to say the text line, but you can't do that. Uh, This is your chance to jump on now. Uh, This hour too, we'll be going around the grounds. Yeah, Broncos training, Titans training uh, and Lions training all in action today as far as the training paddock's concerned because big game's coming up this weekend. <laughs> Ten questions, one winner. Time for morning's quiz whiz. And now here's our very cheap version of Tony Barber, Betty Davis. <laughs> oh, they said it wasn't a stitch up. I don't know, but that music is outstanding. Sale of the century. I love it. Tony Barber, do I need a cartwheel in? Is that what needs to happen? All right, let's see. Let's go to uh, line one, which is brilliant. Uh, Graham's out at Eaton's Hill. Graham, morning to you. Hey, Ben, how are you going? Very well. Do you know how this works? Do you understand how to play it? I'm going to be asking you questions. If you get one wrong, you're out. But if you get all ten right, you're the winner. So whoever's the last man standing at the end of the quiz wins the prize. Are you okay with that? All good. Excellent. All right. First question. Who is the current Queensland cricket captain? 
Jimmy Pearson. Oh, no, Graham, he's not. He's the stand-in when the current one isn't there. But the current Queensland cap say, oh, there we go. We've got the first one. I thought this would be the easy one. Uh, Timmy's on the Gold Coast. Tim, morning to you. Do you know who the current Queensland cricket captain is? Uh, Usman Kawaja. Usman Kawaja. We are off and running. One down, nine to go. Yeah, Queen. And now again, it's the Queensland sports quiz. So there's the theme and the idea. If you know your Queensland sport, which Queenslander finished the highest on the leaderboard at the Masters yesterday? Oh, mate. I know. Uh, well, I have to probably go to the most obvious one, Cam Smith. There we go, Cameron Smith. Two down, eight to go. What sport do you associate the name Ethan Ewing? This one probably should have gone down the track a bit, I reckon. You can't. Yeah, you can't. You yeah. can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back now. Okay. One. Um, yeah. Ethan Ewing. What's that? Take a swing. Go. Don't Google it. Go. Uh, BMX. BMX. No, not BMX. Not at all. Let's just say that he is in action today. So, Timmy, thank you. We're still on question three. Um, where do we go? Number three. Yeah, Matt's Wavel. G'day, Matty. Hi, buddy. All right. What sport do you associate the name Ethan Ewing? Um, cricket. Oh, no. I thought this would be an easy one. Um, lives on North Stratty. That's all. That's, that, that's the last clue. The only, I can't give clues. All right, I take that back. I, I can't. <laughs> uh, Dennis, morning to you. There you go, mate. Very well. Ethan Ewing, do you know what sport he competes in? Surfing. Surfing, yes, sir. There we go. All right, question number four. Which Brisbane Bullets icon has a statue outside Boondal? Leroy Loggins. Leroy Loggins, indeed. <laughs> I reckon Ethan Ewing should have gone down the list a bit. But anyway, that's all right. We sort out. We sort them out. Question number five, Dennis. Question number five. Which Queensland Cup side... Did Paul Green coach back-to-back premierships in before stepping into the NRL? Win them. Win them. Yeah, yeah. Well done. Well done. Five and flying. Question number six is another rugby league story or rugby league question. What year did Wally Lewis and Mark Geyer go toe-to-toe in State of Origin? Um, I'm um, 87. Wasn't eighty seven. It wasn't eighty seven. Dennis, geez, it was a good run. It was a good run. So question number six. Where do we go now? John's out at Chambers Flat. So keep keep calling through. If you're listening right now, and just because you think, oh, I've missed this by a couple of minutes, uh uh-uh. uh. You you could jump on the line now and still be the winner because you just have to answer the tenth question correctly. All right, John, let me have a look here. Question number six. What year did Wally and Mark Guy go toe-to-toe in State of Origin? That would be 1991. Yes, indeed. Well done. It was Wally's last year. In fact, I reckon it was his second last game, that one. Question number seven. Oh, we're going to continue the rugby league theme too. 2015 grand final. Some say the greatest ever. Broncos, Cowboys. Who scored the final try? Of the 2015 Grand Final. Well done, Cole Felt. Yes. 
John is on. It still hurts me to this day. Yes. <laughs> um, we're going to go back to the sport of cricket now. Who's Queensland's all-time leading Sheffield Shield run scorer? Uh, I'm going to go with Stuart Law. It was a good guess. It was a very good guess, but no, not not Stewie, not Stuart Law. Question number eight. We're on. Where have we going to now? Uh, Dunk. Dunk is out at. Uh, he's on the north side. Duncan. Morning to you. Hey Ben, how are you, mate? Very well, Dino. You cricket. I'd like to think I do. All right. Question number eight, which means if you get this right, there's two to go. If you don't get this right, that means someone else can jump in. 13, 13, 55. Queensland's biggest sporting quiz. Who is our all-time Sheffield Shield run scorer? Um, I think it's Martin Love. <laughs> yes, correct. Two to go. This is for the Sporting Globe. Dinner and drinks on us. The phones have just lit up again, which is great. That's the whole idea of this quiz. You don't have to be first in to get across the line. Duncan, there's not too many that have faith in you because people are ringing in on question nine. I don't have faith either. All right. Again, Queensland's biggest sports quiz. So there's the clue, Queensland. It's all to do with Queensland sport. Name the player. He started at the Broncos, went to the Dragons, then to Newcastle before finishing his career back in Brisbane. Who am I? Darius Boyd. Darius Boyd. All right, here we go. Duncan, I hope you're limbered up, you're stretched, ready to roll. This is question 10. This is the money answer right here. Who took over as women's world number one tennis player after Ash Barty retired? Oh, man. It's the tough That's not one. A Queensland answer, Ben. No, but it's got to do with the Queenslander, <laughs> right? <laughs> Are you with me on this um, one, Duncan? Go. Oh, is it? I can see her. She. I'll need an answer. I'll need an French. answer. Three, two, oh. one. I'm out. Thank Take a stab. Dan. Say no. Oh, righto, Duncan. Thank you. Well done. This is this is the tough bit. This is the last man standing. Billy is coming late. Billy, morning. Morning, boys. How are we? Very well. Do you know your tennis? Uh, kinda. All right. Ash Barty, after she retired, who took over as the world number one in the women's game? Was it Iga Swiatek? Swiatek. Billy boy, well done. You have nailed it. You have brought it home. There we go. A $50 voucher to the Sporting Globe coming your way. That has got to be the easiest answer, the easiest quiz you've ever fallen into. Surely, surely. Timed it just perfectly. Came in at the end. I love that. Uh, Mate, well done. Um, Let me see. I need to put you back. There we go. I'm going to put you back to Braden. He's going to take your details. Ah. I feel for Tim. I feel for Duncan. I feel for Duncan. He was there. I feel for Tim. He got the Ethan Ewing question straight. Oh, oh dear. Why was that question three? But as the quiz goes on, they're supposed to get harder. Actually, you know the one who I really feel for? John from Chambers Flat. He was pumping on. He was charging. Uh, We're going to do that again next Tuesday at 11 o'clock. I'll get my – I need the Tony Barber safari suit on, ready to roll again too. That was good fun. Queensland's biggest sports quiz. Thanks for being part of it. 
Um, off to the Sporting Globe. That is outstanding stuff. All right. Bit of excitement for your Tuesday morning. Um, 13, 13, 55. Yeah, yeah, that's the number to get on and start talking some sport too. Well, not just a quiz as well. Or 0467 736 736. I'll take you around the grounds very shortly. Uh, as I said, the Titans have trained. The Broncos have trained ahead of the M1 Derby this Saturday night on the Gold Coast. Uh, Lions in action as well. They've had a, an open training session at Springfield for the fans to go down and see school holidays. Uh, how are things looking at Springfield? Our Brighton Homes are in ahead of gather rounds when they head to the Barossa to play North Melbourne. We'll find out straight after this. Quarter past 11, SENQ. You're on Queensland's new home of sport or 16.20am on the Gold Coast here in Brisbane, 6.93am or the best place and the best way to listen to us. Download the app and you can stream to your heart's content. Uh, let's head to Red Hill now where Joel Gould from the Australian Associated Press has been watching training. Uh, Joel, very good morning to you. My first question is Thomas Flegler. We know he's going to be missing from the M1 Derby. Who is his likely replacement going to be? Good morning to you. Good morning, uh, Ben. Yes, I've just been uh, watching training and we, we just spoke to Adam Reynolds, the captain of the Broncos. And uh, it looks very much like Kobe Hetherington is going to come straight in to the side to replace uh, Thomas Flegler. Um, Kobe obviously been out injured uh, for a long period of the pre-season with a uh, torn biceps injury, but he's, he's been back on the field in the Queensland Cup, and um, he's he's the man that's going to come in, either off the bench or to start the game. So either Corey Jensen or, or him would start, you would think. He's a handy um, replacement and, and too, isn't he, Joel? Because his was a very sought-after signature towards the end of last year, wasn't it? He had a lot of clubs vying for his services. He did. Yes, that's right. He did. And he did speak about that. Um, and, and obviously, he's the son of Jason Hedrington, a great uh, Queensland Queenslander and mm. uh, you know, former cap- captain of uh, Canterbury-Bankstown. Uh, and he's a bit of a chip off the old block in some regards. A different position, obviously. But he plays with the same sort of hunger, desire. Like, he's one of those guys you would want to run out on the field with knowing that he's beside you. And uh, I, I, I don't think they lose a hell of a lot, to be honest. I think he's he had his breakout season last year and uh, he'll, he'll be really r- raring to go. Um, I think Reno descri- Adam Reynolds described him as a bit of a cattle dog, <laughs> which is pretty apt <laughs> description, I think, of, of what he brings to the table. He, he's going to round them up and repent. Yeah, I'm just thinking of Cattle Dog. His old man was playing. Well, he wasn't playing in that game, but he was around playing at that time that the Cattle Dog call came in, wasn't he? Uh, now, what else did Adam Reynolds have to say? Was there a – I mean, obviously, after their first loss, uh, what was the feeling down at uh, down at uh, Broncos HQ? Well, um, Adam is one of those guys that doesn't like to lose, and you could see after the game how disappointed he was. And uh, – what he did speak about today was the fact that there's a great lesson for the Broncos to have learnt from what happened to them last week, is that you know they were off they were off their game five to ten percent and and they got punished for it and uh, even though they were they were going well uh, he he said that this was a, not a loss he, he doesn't want to lose any game he said but it's it's taught them a lot about um, where they need to be if they're going to challenge uh, this year in the finals so. I noticed that the training went longer than it was meant to go for. Uh, Renault was out there doing a lot of work with with some of the back backs and having a lot to say. Uh, I think he's really taken over early in the week, as, as far as the players go. You know, to to say to them, look, 
you know, we can't dish up what we dished up last week and expect to, to be a force in the comp. So, uh, yeah, I think that's that's the main takeaway I got from it. That I Personally, watching the game, I, I think Canberra was just... They out-muscled them. They were more physical. Yeah. And uh, the Broncos, a bit, bit shell-shocked. And, and, and Adam's saying, basically, well, we can't afford to be shell-shocked. We've got to... We've got to be expecting it and, and be ready to respond to it. Yeah, and it's how they respond, isn't it, Joel? I mean, that, that's the true test of, of any champion. It's how they get up off the canvas. Do, do you feel, and I know you've been covering the game for a long, long time, do, do you feel this is a, oh, a a danger game, let's put it in inverted commas, for, for the Broncos, especially with the Titans up and about after the weekend and the, perhaps getting Kieran Foran back? Well, I do feel I do feel it is a danger game, and I think the Broncos have won the last three of these games. But if you if you go back the last ten, it's split. Pretty sure I was just looking at um, the stats on. It's pretty. I'm pretty sure it's split five and five. So mm. it, it hasn't. Even though the Broncos have been better over time against the Titans, not not in the last um, four or five years, it's been pretty even. So I, I think the Titans are a better team than what people give them credit for. I know. Some people have said, you know, that the Dragons, you know, lost a game against a, uh, you know, a lower table team that they shouldn't have. But my feeling with the Titans is that they're a better side this year. Um, I think they've got a lot more resilience. They've fought back to win a couple of games against Melbourne and then against the Dragons. Yeah. And even if Foran doesn't take the field, I thought Toby Sexton had a fantastic game last week. His kicking was was a pinpoint. He, he, he ran the ball. He threw some beautiful passes. So the, the great thing for the Titans is that they've learned from that, that even if Kieran doesn't brush up from that calf injury, that they've got a young fella there that can do the job for them. So, uh, and, and they're a better team. They've got some reinforcements. Uh, the crew's leaning. He looked at, he looked the goods when he came oh, on. Oh, didn't he? Um, yeah. He, he's from Leeds Rhinos, obviously, the former captain. They have recruited Thomas McKayley who um, I don't know if he's going to be right to go this week, but uh, the coach did say he's not far away. And he's a big, big bopper. Um, used to go to school with uh, Mo Fotoaka and um, Dave uh, Fafita. So they've got a good rapport. And I, I can see him adding some punch when he comes into the fray. So, yeah, no, I agree, Ben. I think it is definitely a danger game for the Broncos. Joel, outstanding as always, mate. We'll read about it uh, from all your handiwork, Joel Gould from AAP. Let's head down the N1 and find out exactly who was training uh, for the Titans this morning. Uh, Savannah Burke, my colleague at Channel 7, she mans the Gold Coast Sport Office down in that part of the world. Savannah, good morning to you. Uh, The big question, Kieran Foran, was he on the training park? Did it look like he will be suiting up and playing this weekend? Oh, good morning, Benny. I'm very excited for a Queensland derby this weekend. But no, there was no signs of Kieran Foran this morning at training. That was only a lighter session, so it's not panic stations yet. But no Kieran Foran, no AJ Brimson at this morning's session. Okay, well, um, what was the, what's the word around the, the campfire then? That, that this is nothing to worry about? That what they might have been doing rehab? Or, or do we rule a line through them at this early stage? Well, they actually trained at the Burley Bears this morning just to mix it up and keep things fresh. So I'd assume that, 
Yeah, Pezzy Park, that's where they were this morning. So it was a great morning down there, an early start. I'd assume Brimson and Foran were both back at Parkwood doing rehab there. Now, I understand they are both a chance to return this weekend. If they don't return this weekend, it's most likely looking next weekend. All right, then. What about Cruz Leeming? He he added a bit of punch and a bit of spark, as we just heard from Joel. He he, he looked real in good, Nick, when he came on. Didn't he what? I think he's a really, really good buy um, coming in from the UK. And also, Joel mentioned too, Thomas McKelly. He was also at training this morning. And that's the first time I've seen him at training. Ooh. So if he doesn't play for the Titans this weekend, he'll most likely play for the Burley Bears um, in the Queensland Cup. So fingers crossed we do see him because, like Joel said as well, it will almost be a Kiba Park High reunion out there eventually in that Titans team. <laughs> Was he a big unit, Savannah? He is. He was training with the Queensland Cup boys this morning, though, which makes me think he might suit up for the Belly Bears instead of the Titans. But, yes, very big body, and I'm very excited to see him in action. Outstanding stuff. Thank you. Thanks for taking us around the ground. Savannah Burke on the Gold Coast, part of the Channel 7 news team down there. You can catch her report tonight. Seven Gold Coast news from half past five if you're in that part of the world. Uh, Lions were also in action training this morning. It was a public open session school holiday. I wonder what the vibe was like down there. I'll take you around the grounds uh, to Springfield before midday today. But right now, it is time for a news hit. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. Yeah, 20 away from midday. It's a very big happy birthday to a man who turns 34 today. He has a test bowling average of 13.4, a strike rate of 36.8. Scotty Boland, a big happy birthday to you. You know what would be a good present for him, I reckon? An SEN T-shirt. Yeah, that's right. The SEN T-shirts. You can get them. It's our exclusive brand new hot off the press. Press? Do you press a shirt? Yeah, you do, I suppose. Uh, SEN merch is now available. You can get your exclusive SEN branded T-shirt at merch.sen.com.au. Coming your way. Uh, before we go around the grounds and head to Springfield into the Lions Den, uh, Jason's just sent a text saying, Ben, I was listening to the biggest sports quiz while sitting in a specialist waiting room. Couldn't call. Are you going to do it again tomorrow? Uh, Jace, we're not. We are going to do it next Tuesday. So every Tuesday at 11, set your alarm, set your calendar, Queensland's biggest sports quiz. If you think you know your sport, especially your Queensland sport, this is for you because we have a $50 Sporting Globe voucher for Rabina or Logan. That's right. It's, well, the Sporting Globe. You know it is your home for AFL and NRL, all games live and loud. Speaking of which, the AFL game, which will be live and loud this Saturday afternoon, coming to you from the Barossa for Gather Round is the Lions and Kangaroos. So let's head into the Lions' den. Michael Whiting from afl.com.au has been watching all the training down there. Fish, uh, good morning to you. Uh, Was there a big crowd on hand for their open training session this morning? Benny, there was. There was a, a huge turnout, I'd say. Uh, a lot of people on Easter holidays, obviously, and loads and loads of kids out here and um, plenty of parents accompanying them along. So, it was a, yeah, great turnout. Oh, good stuff. Now, what do we see? Dan Rich, was he back training? Uh, what about Darcy Gardner? I guess they're the two with question marks over them. Mm, yeah, they are. They both trained really well. Daniel Rich was 
I mean, it wasn't the it wasn't a main session, but they did quite a lot of work and um, a lot of stuff at high intensity. And Daniel Rich seemed to tick all that off, so I'd expect that he'd come back in. He's certainly available this week, and I reckon they'd find room for him in their 22. So yeah, he, he looks good to go. And Darcy Gardner trained very well as well, and I believe he'll play VFL this weekend, which would be his first um, competitive footy this season. So that's um, two two big ins for Brisbane, yeah. although at different levels. But but great to have him available. A lot of experience there. Well, Daniel Rich, obviously the most experienced player. Was there anyone looking? I know it was Easter Thursday, so it, it seems so long ago mm. that they played the Magpies. But was there any any lingering uh, hangovers, I guess, from that? Anyone that looked proper, or were they all up and firing? No, they all looked pretty good. They they were given three days off. They all had Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. So I think mentally and physically, a bit of a, a little recharge early in the season, a light day yesterday, and then back out today. So. No, it didn't, didn't appear to be any question marks. I guess we'll, we'll learn a bit more as the week goes on, but they all looked pretty good. All right, the vice-captain, Hugh McCluggage, was up fronting the media. Um, what was uh, his, the main takeaway from, uh, from Hugh? He did. Um, obviously, they were pleased with last Thursday's performance, but they know that the consistency is probably the big question that hangs over them early in the year. And mm. they are a little bit off-Broadway this weekend, Benny, playing in the Adelaide Hills and... Um, he was obviously asked about how they would ensure that the mentality would be right, and it's something that they will be speaking about as a team. On his own form, not quite where he'd like it to be after the first month of the season, but something he's obviously working working very hard on and that he's been working on a few little technical things with his kicking to bring that back up to the level that we're so used to seeing over the past few years. He has been a, he has been a bit off, hasn't he? Fish? Mm. He just hasn't, the accuracy's yeah. not there. Yeah, just, just, I mean, he's obviously set a really high standard for himself. He's been in the All-Australian squad of 40 the last four years. And, yeah, just those, the the kicks going inside 50 that he's not probably, he is one of the best players in the comp at that ball going inside 50 and hitting a teammate on the chest and leading to a scoring shot. He just hasn't quite nailed those kicks like we're so used to seeing. So, sure, it's not far away. He's one of the hardest workers here and, um, yeah, he's well aware of it and something he's putting plenty of work into. Where was, um, I was about to say, Daniel Rich. No, where was Cam Rayner training today, uh, Fish? Um... Forward. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was forward. Yeah. <laughs> I think, he's, I think um, his days in the back line are done for a little while and he made sure of that last Thursday night, that's for sure. Best on ground performance. He was fantastic. So, yeah, he was, he was with the forwards today. I think what we saw from Chris Fagan last week, I know there's been comments and commentary around his, his coaching and, and how he is to, I guess, overcome uh, the difficulties, the bounce backs, the, the, the consistency or inconsistency from, from this team. But him swinging Cam Rayner from the back to the front, I mean, it shows that, yeah, that experiment was good but didn't quite work and, and needed him up front. But also having Joe Danaher in that rucking role – it just got him involved in the game. So to me, those two elements showed that Chris Fagan is right on his game. Yeah, I agree. And it didn't take him too long. Not that he was uh, admitting defeat's probably strong because I thought Cam played quite well in defence. Yeah. But I guess he, he realised three weeks in, hey, this isn't quite the mix we want and we've got enough half-backs and defenders down there. Let's roll with them and put Cam back back to his natural habitat in the forward line. So... I mean, he didn't persist too long, changed it, and they got rewarded straight away. And same, you're right, with the Joe Danaher being the backup ruck. Obviously, Darcy Fort was Oscar McInerney's 
um, sidekick there for a couple of rounds, but the team was just too tall with those two and three tall forwards as well. So I thought Joe, yeah, it was fantastic. I think he got coaches' votes and was terrific against Collingwood. And you're right, it just brings him into the game. Yeah, being a, being um, being that second ruckman gets his hands on the ball. I think he had twenty touches mm. too, which was uh, which, yeah, yeah and, and they were they were valuable touches. Now, Fish is the is the AFL dot com writer for Queensland and 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 New South Wales. I know you cover those games as well. Do you get to put your hand up for Magic Round? Oh, magic Round. There we go. That was me. I've fallen into the trap. <laughs> into Gather Round. Do you get to head to the Barossa to, to cover this game? No, I oh, don't, Benny. It'll no. be our uh, no. Unfortunately, the um, the Melbourne journos get the get the Guernsey there before I do, and uh, I'll be I'll be watching. I'll be actually covering the Brisbane game off the television. Oh no, <laughs> so that's that's a, that's a, that's a crime. That that's punishable. Surely, not, that's that's harsh. Uh, In the Brisbane, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll be I'll be watching it like a lot of people will be in Brisbane in front of my TV screen. So, yeah. yeah unfortunately, no no uh, travel for me this weekend. Sipping from a red uh, from the bottle shop <laughs> rather than the Barossa. Well, maybe you can get a Barossa in you as well. Now, fish gather round. Oh, I think you. I reckon you and I have had this conversation. I reckon you and I have had this conversation. I, I, I'm I'm just it can't grab me. It doesn't grab me as a uh, the concept's fantastic, but as a name, gather round. It just seems very. We're sitting around the campfire singing "Kumbaya," right? That's yeah. the first thing that pops in. It, Gather around. Any any improvement on that from your point of view? I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not very clever with this stuff, Benny. But I'm with you. It's we keep it just between us two, right? I'm not a huge fan of the name either. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm. Uh, I won't tell yeah, you. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't quite grab me either. It's, it's not bad, but it's not. Yeah, it doesn't grab me. But I don't have a better alternative. I'm not very clever with this stuff. So it's easy to throw stones like I'm doing at the moment. But if you can't come up with an alternative, it um, sort of puts a bit of a hole in my own argument. So, no, I haven't got anything better, mate. But I agree. It's not the greatest name. Uh, you're a good man, Fish. A good man knows his limitations, as Dirty Harry always said. All right, we will look forward to reading your stuff on afl.com.au. Appreciate uh, you taking us around the grounds to Springfield. That's what's happening inside the Lions, Dan. Help Fish and I out. <laughs> Have you got a better name than Gather Round? Maybe I need to put up or shut up. I'll come up with something on the other side of this.